everybody, and welcome to Everything Else. I'm your host, as always, Nick Stewart. Quick update on something we uh, talked about a couple episodes ago. Uh, Neil Young threatened to remove his music from Spotify if they didn't uh, de-platform Joe Rogan. And no surprise here, he removed his music because Spotify refused to do so. So... Not sure how he uh, thought he was going to win that one, but I uh, just figured I would relay that onto you because I thought it was newsworthy. So uh, I want to talk about trees in the Bible today, something I've been thinking about. It's coming up a little in my uh, personal Bible reading. Uh, trees are uh, surprisingly important to the biblical story, in my opinion. Um, we start with two trees in the Garden of Eden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The covenant that God made with Adam was that he would not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if he ate of it, he would die. And the implication of that is that if he if he didn't eat of it, he would live. And the other tree in the garden is called the tree of life. So after Adam falls in sin by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Uh, God removes Adam and Eve from the garden because he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life and live forever in a state of sin. So the prevailing thought on this was that the tree of life was the sign of the covenant of works. And by uh, abstaining from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, mankind would be allowed to eat from the tree of life and have eternal life with God in the garden free of sin so quick note on a you know common misconception the tree of the knowledge of good and evil way too long of a name for a tree by the way uh that tree didn't uh, grant like some magical wisdom or power you know it was commanded by god not to eat from it and when adam and eve did so they knew what it meant to disobey god and that's what opened up their eyes, and uh, they, they now had knowledge of sin. Um, I already mentioned it, but in Reformed theology, they refer to this arrangement as the covenant of works, and it's the covenant we're all born into and, and live under unless God intercedes on our behalf and brings us into the new covenant. And so the tree of life was the sign of, of that covenant, uh, the way like circumcision was a sign of the old covenant and baptism and the Lord's Supper are signs of the new covenant. So trees pop up all over the Bible. Some have massive significance. Some take a, a little longer to figure out, but they're all important in my opinion in their own way. Uh, so for the sake of brevity, the, the next one that I can think of is the uh, lampstands in the tabernacle. Uh, they're shaped like trees and they're likened to trees in many ways. They even have almonds carved into them. And it's only at this moment that I'm wondering if almonds grow on trees or if they grow on some kind of weird bush or something. They don't grow in the ground, do they? That's weird. I know so little about nuts. I'm just figuring this out. <laughs> I'm just figuring out how, how little I know about nuts. Okay, well, anyways, they have almonds on them and... Uh, I choose to believe that almonds grow on trees. <laughs> so uh, these these little trees would uh, light the tabernacle, uh, which was obviously the, the place where Old Testament Israel worshipped God. 
Uh, and it was there um, as a reminder that God was going to restore paradise. So the cross is referred to as a tree on at least one occasion uh, in one of Peter's letters. I'm not sure if it is anywhere else, um, which that kind of ties this, this whole thread together. Uh, man fell out of fellowship with God by feasting from one tree in the garden, and Jesus will use this tree, the cross, that is, uh, to redeem mankind and bring them back into fellowship with God. So now we feast from the fruit of that tree, which is Christ's sacrifice for us, which grants us his righteousness, the redemption of our souls, um, and the effects are the same as the tree of life. That's eternal life. So in Revelation, the lampstands from the tabernacle show up again. Uh, the seven churches, which are representative of the church universal, are represented by lampstands, seven lampstands. And Jesus is referred to as the one who walks among the lampstands. So he's dwelling with the church, and he's, he's amid the church. Um, so John is uh, making a connection between the New Testament church and the lampstands that used to light the tabernacle, because the New Testament church is now the center of the worship of God. And later, the two witnesses who also represent the church are compared to olive trees and lampstands. Trees and lampstands. And they are trampled by the beast, but they're resurrected, just like we're going to be resurrected. And it's, it's symbolic of our union to Christ and his resurrection, like Romans 6 says. So after paradise is restored... Guess what we see on either side of the river flowing from God's throne? We see the tree of life. Finally, two trees of life, in fact. Um, and then finally, mankind can uh, feast upon the tree of life. And it says that the leaves of that tree were for the healing of the nations. And that means that uh, God's covenant, the new covenant, is being used to heal the nations, to uh, reconcile the world to God, and gradually fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus commanded us to baptize the nations, and it's silly to think he would have commanded something that wasn't possible or, or something he knew would never succeed. And that's just one of the many themes in scripture that ties everything together from the beginning to the end. Um, and it connects the covenants to one another in a perfect like literary tapestry shows us the uh, like cohesive nature of the Bible that we hold in our hand. So thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you next time.